In the 1960s, drug use was rampant. Amidst the rising of hippie culture and casual use of psychedelics and cocaine, arose many iconic bands we know and love, including the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and Pink Floyd. Fleetwood Mac, founded in 1967, was no exception. The band consisted of many different members throughout the years, but in their prime was made up of drummer Mick Fleetwood, keyboardist and vocalist Christine McVie, bassist John McVie, vocalist Stevie Nicks, and guitarist Lindsey Buckingham. The eclectic and soothing sounds of their self-titled album and their later Grammy-winning album, Rumors, perfectly encapsulates the drug-induced, seemingly carefree groove of the 60s and early 70s. The band is most commonly known for their 1977 album, Rumors, featuring widely known hits such as Dreams, Go Your Own Way, and The Chain, songs that you will rarely hear anyone say they've never heard. Today, however, we will be diving a little farther back into their self-titled album, the first album after Stevie Nicks and her boyfriend Lindsey Buckingham joined the band and made Fleetwood Mac as we know it today. We will be looking at Rhiannon, the 13th track off the album, a song with a very intriguing meaning. I'm Bella, and you are listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. Here's Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. Welcome back. You are listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. I'm here with Gavin and Allie, and you were just listening to Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. Today, Gavin is the blind listener, except, like, not completely, because everyone's kind of heard this song, but it was enough that we're like, yeah, we can pretend that you yeah. never... That you are seeing this from a new perspective. Let me let me explain myself. Oh. <laughs> I, I, know, I know Fleetwood Mac pretty well, but I don't know this album or this song very well. I only know because you showed it to me like once, so I don't have that much to say about it. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, <laughs> I do like the '70s like chorus harmonies. Mm. That was like really big back then, and I they're really pretty because there's like no auto tune and it sounds really natural and nice. It's a beautiful song, and yeah. I I not until like doing this episode, I had no clue what was it. I mean, like you can assume things about what it's about, yeah. but it's actually it's very about a girl. interesting. Hey, Mariana. Don't, Kevin. Is don't it? I'm just guessing. That's the name of the song. I'm just guessing. Anyways, any initial thoughts about this song, Allie? Because I know you're into it too. So Yeah. So, I mean, as any young person obsessed with Stevie Nicks at some point in her life, I feel like Stevie Nicks is one of those phases you have. You have like oh, a little, for sure. A little witch phase, if you will. Um, <laughs> definitely had one of those. Still love Stevie Nicks. Um, I very much like. I guess I don't really have like any religious conflictions with the whole witch identity because in the seventies I was wait really that's a real big. thing. Yeah, oh, people like, actually think they're witches. Yeah, like, to this day, is that for like, real? Wow. This, yeah, and in the seventies there was a lot of talk about how like the sexuality and the sensuality of women is associated with like hell and like witches and demons wow. and stuff. Sounds like people. We don't issues. need to get into a feminist ramp, but that is like <laughs> a lot of any time. Like Led Zeppelin says that women's souls like belong to hell because they're so between. Like it's a whole thing, and wow. the Eagles, witchy woman. It's all about that sort of ethereal seductive quality of the divine feminine mm-hmm. and so i think stevie nicks is kind of a paragon of that she's pretty cool she i love this song cool. she, she is cool so <clears throat> while i was researching this song 
it actually turns out just to put this out there she wrote this after reading a book it's like based on this welsh myth about this goddess by the way rhiannon just means great queen that was the first thing i looked (laughs) up um and funny other funny thing is that of course when this song came out people started naming their kids rhiannon and so it like got into like the top 500 of names or whatever for girls and then when they got back together briefly in like 99 it went up again, which is cool. <laughs> I'm yet to meet someone whose name is Rhiannon, but that's a oh, cool I name. Oh, I a few. Yeah. Really? A few at my high school. I think we had two. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's awesome. But anyways, it's about basically the most common theory that I found is that she's this witch, practically, and she this god wants to marry her, and she's like, definitely not. And so he frames her and is like, I'm going to kill your son and frame you and say that you did it and then you have to go in front of everyone and tell everyone you killed your son uh that happened another story that i wait this is a myth or this is this is a myth this is like a celtic myth um another story there was kind of some other ones about like this prince loves her and she's like running away from him and like this it's basically it's mostly about like revenge or like a love story kind of like revenge type thing it's really interesting uh stevie nick's actually wrote this song with Lindsay Buckingham before they jo- joined Fleetwood Mac. And they were like this little duo before um, Mick uh, Fleetwood found them and was like, join our band. And so they wrote this to be on their own album. Mm-hmm. And then after they joined, they were like, well, obviously this is yours now. But it's really cool. Yeah, that's nice. a cool backstory. <clears throat> and sort of like what I was mentioning earlier, I'm pretty sure Witchy Woman was written about Stevie Nicks. Oh. Um, oh. Th- Allegedly, I think. I'm not sure if that's on the record, but that, that seems to be a common sentiment. Um, I just find it interesting that Stevie Nicks is sort of, I don't, she's just seen as this witchy, I, ethereal is the word that kind of keeps coming to mind because yeah. of the way she performed and the way she held herself. Um, perhaps some some drug use mixed mm. in, in the perhaps. folds with that. For perhaps. sure. A little bit. Uh, a little silver spoon Maybe. moment. But <laughs> yeah. She actually said that all of them were addicted to drugs and she yeah. was the worst of them <laughs> so <laughs> you know i think Self-diagnosed. there's an interview where she says she had cocaine in her boot like any performance she ever did she just had like cocaine in her as boot. one does and in like yeah. what like like in a bag or just like Probably. poured into her boot <laughs> i like, don't like think there's sand. like an insole a little unsanitary <laughs> even for a cocaine user <laughs> you do what you gotta do that's that's strange yeah they were obviously like i introduced us with like everyone was on drugs back then if you were anywhere in like the rock basically the music scene at all between the years of like 64 and like 78 you were doing drugs at some point and that's why i think part of the reason like i said so many iconic bands come out of this is because even even though you have bands like fleetwood mac that are kind of there you you wouldn't really call most of it rock necessarily it's very smooth and you have these other bands like Pink Floyd or Rolling Stones. It's obviously rock. But we have so many iconic bands coming out of there. And I think it just goes to show, you know, everyone's kind of doing the same thing back then. But like there's these very iconic sounds you get from bands like Fleetwood Mac and the other bands I mentioned that like it was a good time for music. And I love the sound of Fleetwood Mac. It's like it's it's so good. It's like a perfect driving song, like doing homework Mm. music. Like it fits anything. And I think that's one of the the draws to them like still to this day like I, like i've like never pop. has there been a time that they were ever out of style because i've been hearing their music mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, the whole time as no. i grow up it's very versatile almost and then people are trying to copy them too like 
for sure. I see like no Harry Styles in the album really feels yeah, like that. Yeah, I was trying to think of like modern Like Golden, artists. that one? Yeah. Like the, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really da, 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 close. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I didn't even think about that. He's definitely taken a few pages from. Yeah, and he sometimes even dresses like Stevie Nicks. Like yeah. where he wears the dress. Bring Menly <laughs> Man back. Yeah, that's a joke. I, hashtag that is a Candace. joke. And not Candace Owens. It's a complete joke. I love Harry Styles in a dress or not in a dress. I like Harry Styles. If you're just now tuning in, uh, you're listening to I've Got Ox. I'm Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. And we are talking about Rihanna by Fleetwood Mac. This song also, I think the first time she performed this in concert, this song, I kind of read some things that mentioned that this song like impacted like the Stevie Nicks look mm. is like you know all the florals mm-hmm. and the like the hats and all the that crazy stuff that things. like came from her performing this song it was kind of this persona she put on almost like ran on like this beautiful goddess who like and so that that, that was kind of cool because that's how we know stevie nicks mm-hmm. like you you someone says stevie nicks you can imagine her right like and this is the song that kind of like gave her that like iconic stevie nicks look and That's before we started talking, before we started recording, Bella and I were talking about American Horror Story, mm-hmm. season three, Coven. Oh, in ti- which we're tying this. In, okay. <laughs> yes, Stevie Nicks makes a little cameo, and what defines her is this. I think there's the shawl yeah. that, in some way, shape, or form, like plays a role in the story. So, like, this is something that the whole witchy aesthetic was not confined to mm-hmm. like the seventies. It's still something yeah. that permeates so many different generations. Mm-hmm. And Stevie Nicks, I actually read something about them using that in American Horror story and she loved the idea of this the director i forget what his name was or who oh. some, one of the producers or whatever was actually friends with her <laughs> and got the rights to the song because he was like hey buddy like <laughs> mind if i and she's like yeah like this is cool so it is cool she obviously i think like you can imagine stevie dex after reading some book about some like witchy magical beautiful goddess she's like i can be that like that's and me. it kind of like adopted it and yeah think you say that's you no i was saying as if i oh. was her i would say that's me <laughs> there's like, so you gavin I, this is not me i think coming out as a witch Don't the, worry. <laughs> i think the big allure to something like witchcraft and magic is that it is this this space between human and divine mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. which they kind of float in that i mean to, yeah. you know using yeah, the term between life and death even yeah they're they're kind of they exist in that transient era so i think that's what gives songs like this and cv nicks kind of that mystical feeling to them mm. is that they don't really exist here or there mm-hmm um, earlier before we were here, when I was kind of writing this, I was talking to Gavin about it a little bit, and the part of what like kind of created Fleetwood Mac was the relationships between everyone in this band. And as I was researching, um, I found that they went through a plethora of people in their early years. I think I... I I could be wrong. I think I read that they had like three different guitarists in the span of a couple of years. There are people just kind of cycling in and out um, until they all, they went to America. Can't remember exactly why they were uh, recording something there. That's where they met Stevie Nicks and Buckingham. But they actually, funny thing is, they basically were all dating each other at one point or another. And uh, Christine DeVee, she came into the band. She, her last name was Perfect. She was Christine Perfect over here. But she married um, the other one, J name. I can't remember right now. But they got married. Stevie and Buckingham were like high school sweethearts, like boyfriend, girlfriend for like six plus years or something. 
they were all dating each other, just this <laughs> little group. And then throughout, in the after they really started to gain a lot of traction, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but they all just broke up with each other. The but they stayed together, off. I guess. <laughs> Which is very interesting because when you think that like breakups and like relationships are a lot of the time reasons for like the band like bands ending. Like even yeah. with like the Beatles. Yeah. That's basically the whole reason is because relationships were messing it up. And so I kind of found that interesting. That they, they wrote some of their best songs about the breakups. Mm-hmm. And they it, they were Rumors all dating each other. And then they all, like, and they stayed together. And they were pretty, from what I've read, like, pretty professional about it. And like you said, a lot of good music came from it. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting because a lot of the time, that is the downfall of a band. And even after they were, like, broken up, like I said, they've done a lot of reunion things in the late 90s and even um, like into the 2000s. I read a story that um, Taylor Swift performed. <laughs> she sang Rihanna. I can't remember if it was with Stevie Nicks. I don't think it was. But she did it in the wrong key. And that made a lot of people, a how, lot how of people she? very angry. And I, there's a rumor that that is what inspired her song Mean. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious is because funny. if you think Leave about it, the tailor it, to write a reaction. Why gotta song? be so mean? Like a, it, it's just <laughs> funny. Like, come on. I think everything what you're saying, whether it's navigating complicated relationships within the group or going through multiple people, kind of begs the question of what makes an artist's mm. signature sound. Mm-hmm. Like, is it the people involved, or, or what is, is it the something band? more? Yeah. Okay, very meta. What what is <laughs> what is what, what is, is the band? <laughs> if it's what is not Fleetwood the group Mac? of people, yeah. So yeah, I just think that's interesting mm-hmm. to kind of and also to filter through those people and to find your sort of fit. Yeah. And that fit doesn't necessarily mean harmony. Mm-hmm. It can just mean a bunch of different people who together make something good. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. I remember you just said that they went to America from England after a while. And I think I watched a documentary called Sound City about Sound Studios, um, Sound City Studios. And I think it's in California. That's where they recorded Dreams. And that's mm-hmm. also where Nirvana recorded all their stuff. Nice. And um, a lot of uh, earlier, like, 80, 80s bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where, like, the iconic sound of, of Dreams, you know, that intro drum sound, that's, like, the sound of the drum set in the documentary, they say, only can happen at Sounds like Sound City Studios because of the way the room's shaped. I don't just oh, remember that cool. from that. Wow. And David Grohl's like talking about like I love Dave Grohl. how like because he recorded all of the Nirvana and most of the Foo Fighters stuff there too. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and he's just like the the drum sound is unparalleled. So <laughs> that's that's what makes it so great. Yeah, that's awesome. I I noticed I didn't actually know how long they were recording music before they became famous. And while I was looking at the discography, just trying to figure out where their self-titled album fit, because usually it's the first. Mm. It is far from. <laughs> I think there are like six albums before that. They had like some time in the spotlight, like in Europe with the song called Albatross, I think. There were some ones that kind of got them like, semi-famous mm. um but i that was like it was surprising. weird it's surprising because yeah. i think a lot of the time well i don't know enough to say that but i feel like a, mostly you see these big bands and they kind of had their like big hit like in the beginning and they kind of really like got lucky but mm-hmm. it was cool to see like fleetwood mac definitely had like a progression and kind of like how ali was saying like finding like the fit even if it means like not everyone's gonna get along all the time just finding like the fit with the Mm -hmm. right people and to get this sound that like launched them the fame because they didn't always have it 
the right people in the right breakups and the right, right studio. <laughs> yeah, that's it was, what it takes. it's really interesting. They right. had a lot of stuff before they got yeah. semi-famous at all. The same thing with like Hall and Oates. I looked at their mm. discography the other day, and they have like four or five albums before like the big one. You know, like mm. the songs everyone knows. And just it's crazy to think that back then. Like I feel like now people release an album, and if it doesn't blow up in a week, they're like, eh, yeah. I guess I'm quitting music. Mm-hmm. But people, it was possible to, for you to continue your career for a couple mm-hmm. years, gain a following, and then have right. your radio hit. Like, and there's also something to be said about the fact that it was much harder to gain that recognition yeah. because you couldn't just upload something to SoundCloud. Yeah. You know it what I mean? It was all local, and then it grew yeah, slowly. And there were gatekeepers of the music industry that you had to charm in order to get your, your song played. Yeah. So, you know, I think like what Gavin was saying, where it's sort of if you're not a hit the second you walk out of the door yeah nowadays it's sort of discouraging when really like most of these great artists have had an entire discography before they blow up yeah and that Mm -hmm. just goes to show that i think a lot of people are in it for the wrong reasons right now yeah or even if you hadn't recorded an album like you two and the beatles like they just played clubs for years Mm -hmm. and then eventually they got signed and recorded something but they had been a band right forever yeah and you're like that's doesn't happen anymore it's like let's get together let's go make a band record something send it and then that's Mm -hmm. it yeah it's it's so cool seeing bands like Fleetwood Mac though because I didn't listen to all their older albums but I I want to now because it's so it's so interesting when you can see the progression of the band and like you can kind of tell that moment where it's like something clicked there and now like everything they found their sound yeah yeah it's really cool and Makes you miss the music industry mm-hmm. of the 70s. So, even though, like we said, they were all on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so many drugs. <laughs> Not that we're saying that helped the music, but maybe. But maybe come on. <laughs> maybe Magic <it> <laughs> Mystery Tour? Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like All these people that came out of the drug era doing hardcore drugs all your life and dying at 27 is not, not good. Cool. But, but the music? <laughs> yeah. Not saying you should do it, but I mean, there, so many iconic bands like came out of... Yeah. That time. Craziness. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're almost out of time. We're coming so to the end. We are. Well, um, that was Ran On by Fleetwood Mac. Um, tune in next week. I think it's Gavin's turn. Yes, I'll be doing it. Cool, cool. Go back and listen to the song if you missed it. Yeah, for sure. Is Isn't it an awesome me? song? Hmm? Isn't it me? It is you. Well, then why did you go along with it? <laughs> It was a it was a prank. Okay, we Anyways. had a YouTube moment last week, y'all. I oh, you're more. so right. Oh man, sorry. No one likes you, Gavin. <laughs> We're doing a cold Anyways. play episode next week. <laughs> next <Sorry>. week, <laughs> it's Allie. How could I forget? She's doing yellow. Next week, it will be Allie. Thank God. <laughs> yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> uh, so we will see you guys next week. Make sure you tune in. Um, this was I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hills at one hundred one point seven, and we will see you later. See you. Bye. Bye.